eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for... Here we go, here we go, here we go! Kickoff with Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's knows home improvement. Oh, we're back. This is big time, people. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. Boomer, how are you? You know what? I'm doing well, and this is one of those weeks where we got six teams on buys in the NFL. Some of the better teams in the league are not playing this weekend, so we got a lot to get into, a lot of things to discuss, a lot of like interesting games. I wouldn't say uh, totally uh, exciting games other than the no. Dolphins and the Eagles and maybe the Chiefs and the uh and, and the Chargers, but I, I got to say... Lions-Ravens. And I'm Lions, not going to allow but, the slander. Yeah, but not exciting. It's, it's you know, Baltimore plays ugly football games, Mike. You know that. I, okay, I'm a Giants fan. Any functional football is exciting to me. Any. <laughs> any form of organization, I'm, I'm excited. Um, let, let, let's do this. I want to briefly mention Thursday night's game because I want to go back to something you've said for a while, and I think you nailed it from the beginning. But the Saints are largely terrible, and Derek, I, I think a lot of this falls on Derek Carr. I hated the performance against Houston last week. I watched a lot of that game in the fourth quarter. Last night, it's just it, it feels like more to blame game stuff. Derek, here's an idea. How about you do your job? We paid you well to do it. You have weapons. What 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 is – if I'm wrong about Derek Carr, Boomer, then what am I missing with this Saints offense? It's it makes that, no sense. It's not that you're wrong about Derek Carr. Now, they were 3 of 18 on third down. That's usually the quarterback's down. Uh, but he did get them to a position where they should have tied the game, and Foster Moreau, unfortunately, drops the football, and you know, and then the whole thing just drops out, and they lose the game. But here's the reason why Josh McDaniels didn't want him. You know, that he has a hard time finishing games. You know, before he got hurt, when he was a real young player, man, I'll tell you what, he caught the league by fire, and he got the first big contract that surprised everybody. And he yep. was a guy that was a bomb thrower. You know, he'd throw the ball down the field. He was, uh, you know, was he the second coming of, um, you know, uh, the, the great uh, quarterbacks in Raiders history. And, 
you know, all the guys that would throw the ball down the field because that's what, uh, of course, uh, what's his name, Al Davis wanted. I, I just, he is a good player. He's a good, solid player. You can count on him to be there every day, working hard, saying the right things, a good face of the franchise. But there's something missing about finishing football games that is tied to him now over the last four or five years. And this is one of those games last night. Although I will say, like I said, it was Foster Moreau who dropped the ball. But I can tell that there is an internal frustration right now with that offense. This yeah. is a, this is a top five defense, regardless of what you saw last night. But if the offense would actually grow with them, this still, in my eyes, is the best team in the NFC South. Yeah, and, and, and again, case in point last week, you can't ask a defense in the modern era of the NFL to hold people under 20 every week. It's really hard to do. You know, you go on the road, you're losing to C.J. Stroud, your defense holds to 20. Like, it's just not good enough. Last night, you end up in a little bit of a hole because the offense isn't doing anything. Your defense is constantly on the field. I just, it's something you were all about. You told me he would never work in New York. I agreed with you. I thought New Orleans would be a sleepier spot for him. Maybe he'd get it going again. I I don't like what I see so far. Well, there's, a, there's the, a long way to go for them. Just remember, there's oh, there, a long yeah, there way is, to go for them, is. and I still think they're going to win the NFC South, but what you're seeing is a maturation process between he and the rest of his players in his offensive huddle. He finally got Kamara back, and all of a sudden they're using him more. So, hey, look, they scored. They should have scored 31 points last night at least, and yeah. I would say that he was the architect of that, but three, on, three of 18 on third down is, is not Big a good yikes. way to go. Let's hit the rundown. The NFL Rundown. All right, Boomer, I got to do it. And it's a good segue. You still have the Saints winning the South. We talked last week. Hey, you know, wonder if the Bucks are for real. Boy, they played like the creamsicle uniforms. The Lions absolutely rolled in and ragged all that team. I want to get your take on the Lions. Huge showdown against the Ravens. But going on the road, playing a team that's off a bye, playing a team that's at 3-1, and one, and they walked in, and they hit the Bucks with a garbage can. Destroyed them at every phase of the game. It was really an impressive performance. I want to know where you're at with the Lions more than just winning the North. Schedule-wise, yes, they only have three games that they will not be favored in the rest of the way per the Mikey Research Institute. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Eagles and Niners have gauntlets coming up. Are you willing to dream – Lions competing for the first seed. Yeah, 100%. And uh, this is one of their tough games on the road at Baltimore. And when you think yeah. about the Lions, they haven't been seven, uh, six and one or better through seven games since 1956. I mean, that's how, that's how bad this franchise has been. And, you know, quite frankly, right now, offensive and defensive line, great. Wide receiver position, great. Tight end position, great. Quarterback position should get a contract extension. I hope you heard me talking about that on the NFL today, by the way, because you put that little birdie in my ear. And then there now on top of all of this is you have two running backs that are hurt that are not playing this week. So a lot more is going to fall back on the passing game and, you know, playing in Baltimore, like I said earlier, is not, it's not a dream scenario. I mean, they play ugly football. John Harbaugh has got that team playing tough. Lamar is Lamar. So Lamar and this new offense doesn't mean anything because He's still the athlete that he's always been and will still rely on running and breaking the pocket like he should. I mean, that's who he is as a player, and you should take advantage of all of that. This would be a tough game for the Lions. If they can win this one, to me, then that tells me that they have probably the inside inside yeah. road to uh, the number one seed in the NFC. You you nailed it because this is – I hate, I hate saying this. I don't want people to 
think I'm being a jerk. It's there are scheduled losses sometimes. Sometimes you know it's not who you play; it's when you play them. And when you look at the Lions, banged up, they are a running team first. Their identity is running the football. They're down their top two backs with David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs. Here's what's interesting: you're going to Baltimore. A little bit of inclement weather potentially. Goff outside is a thing. Boomer, here's what I'm fascinated to see. Lions are league best, 68 yards a game on defense on the ground versus a Ravens team. They're going to sledgehammer you. I'm with you totally. If they hold up and they're able to go on the road and win a game like this, they might just be more than NFC North good. I still think they're a hell of a good team, and they're going to be a great story this year. But this is a game you're not supposed to win. And if they go and do it, I, could, I couldn't be more impressed back-to-back on the road at Tampa, on the road at Baltimore. You come out of that 2-0, I think it elevates them to somewhere different. Well, just remember, the running part of the Baltimore Ravens, a big part of that is the broken plays by Lamar yeah. Jackson. So I'm sure that Dan Campbell is sitting there telling his defense, look, guys, we just can't let this guy beat us on the ground. We want him to beat us through the air if he can. Uh, they are getting healthier now on the Baltimore side of things, on the offensive side of things. So Lamar is being the pain in the neck that he has always been to opposing defenses. So to me, that's going to be, at the end of the day, if that number by Lamar is 30 or less, the Lions will win this game. I want to do a little bit of Eagles-Jets, talk about both teams different ways. Start with the Jets, though. Let's start with the good. That's the biggest Jets win since. Oh, God. I know. Uh, I would say that was big. Yeah, that, that was huge. It was a huge win for them. Regular season when they've had a couple of those last year. You, you remember they they actually got out to a decent start last year and then collapsed at the end of the season. But yeah. this win because the you know it was an undefeated Eagles team coming in with Jalen Hurts. I have to say their defense has played great. You know they've had one bad game and that was a game against the Cowboys where Sauce Gardner, man, he almost had a pick six. If he has that pick six, maybe that game's a little bit different. But their defense has kept them in the game in every one of their games. And even Rob Sala said it, even though he came back and apologized for the way he said it. They've embarrassed Uh, some of the best quarterbacks in the league. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. I mean, and those, you know, they forced them to eight interceptions and three three touchdown passes. And that's one of the reasons why this team is able to win with Zach Wilson as a quarterback, especially when he doesn't turn the ball over, which was the case last week. And Jalen Hurts, of course, had three interceptions. So can here's my thing, and, and and I'm in a weird spot with Zach Wilson because I feel like it's it's we're starting to establish a floor, if that makes sense. Like, okay, I can go into the game and I know now Zach can give me X, whereas before I said Zach Wilson gives you nothing. Zach will openly hurt you. My question is, can that defense keep them afloat long enough to be in this thing in December and? I don't know what to do with this Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to play again this year, and he's walking around in shoes already. I just – can the defense really hold this together? Yeah, they can. They can run the ball, too, with Brees Hall uh, and Dalvin Cook. And and Brees is certainly back from his knee injury, and he looks great. I mean, he looks he's like awesome. he's got explosive – his explosiveness is back, his speed is back. And you can see that even from game one of the Buffalo Bills where he got caught behind from behind. But then against the Broncos, he took off and nobody could catch him. Um, I will tell you that Zach Wilson is improving. He's improved significantly from where he was last year at this time. Um, He still does make some mistakes. And I don't necessarily know that any of us have the confidence that if Nick Sirianni would have done the right thing at the end of the game, 
south Here of we two go. minutes. I, we'll get to that. If he would have done the right thing, did anybody have confidence that Zach Wilson was going to lead his team back and put them in field goal range in order to win the game? I, I don't think anybody has that confidence here in New York. So Not yet. A little bit of a break for Zach Wilson last week that Jalen Hurts made the just incredible error at the end of the game. Just, so let's talk about it. You're, you're leading me right to where I want to go. We've been all over this as a show that the Eagles, people were underestimating the impact of losing both coordinators and having to replace several starters on defense with kids. But the Jalen Hurts component here, I have not felt like he's been right all year. That that Clearly, whether it's the coordinator change, whether it's the pieces – whether it's the running game being in flux, you know, look, when they're able to run for 200 yards, I'd hope Jay, you know, he could be good. What are you seeing with Jalen, though, and this Eagles offense? What is missing? All right, Shane Steichen is missing, and Shane Steichen's in Indianapolis, and he got off to a pretty good start with Anthony Richardson kind of running the same offense that yeah. he had that he had for Jalen, you know? And, and the interesting thing is when I lost my offensive coordinator, Bruce Coslett, in the kind of like after my seventh year, I think, in Cincinnati – you know, my game dipped. I mean, that guy knew me. He knew the plays that I did well. He knew how to coach me. He knew how to talk to me through film and get me ready for the opponent that we were getting ready to play. And the, I could almost, I could almost predict the plays that he was going to call just by the personnel groupings that he was sending in. And I think that was a very special relationship between Shane Steichen and Jalen Hurts. And look, I appreciate Jalen Hurts from where he came from to where he is today and the money that he so uh, – so deserved. And I think the Eagles did the right thing because they do have their quarterback for the next seven years or so. Um, but think about this. They're off just a little bit. And Nick Sirianni should have known that his quarterback was not in the midst of a great game last right. week against the Jets. You're south of the two-minute warning. The Jets have no this. timeouts. I want to intro this for the people. Yeah. And Boomer, just please, you deserve this. This is so exciting for me. Normally, I'm the one who brings up coaching malpractice each week. And, hell, I'll even text Boomer <laughs> on a Sunday. Yes. I am so proud that unsolicited, our mind meld happened, and Boomer hits me before I even need to put it on the show sheet. I give you your Boomer's debut with coaching malpractice. Yeah. Well, Here we know, go. I'm a, big, I'm a big guy when it comes to situational football. So whether it be Tyrod Taylor screwing up at the end of the first half, this past week, or whether it be Zach Wilson and screwing up at the end of the first half the week before in Denver, I hate all that stuff. And I put a lot of yeah. it on the coaches. And part of coaching football is understanding the game that you're playing, who you're playing against, what the situation is, how your own team is playing. Do you have injuries? What are the other variables that would make a decision for you relatively easily? So playing against the Jets in an offense is basically doing nothing and Hassan Reddick basically running all over the place making plays. You would think that if you were south of the two-minute warning, you had a third down, and the opposing team, in this case the Jets, did not have any timeouts, you would just run the ball up the middle. Now, you might get a first down, but then again, you may not get a first down. If you don't get a first down, you're going to run at least 45 seconds to 48 seconds off the clock by virtue of running the play and then the down clock. And then you can call timeout yourself, and then you could punt the ball to the Jets, most likely inside their 20-yard line, with less than a minute to go in the game, and right. they have no timeouts, and you put it back on Zach Wilson, who doesn't do this very well. Yeah, so, it's not the right move. It's the only move. And I, it was unbelievable from Sirianni. It's a simple move, Mike. And I'm sure Sirianni looked at this tape and saw him, Jalen Hurts, throw the ball inside when he had A.J. Brown one-on-one on the outside, which is where he probably should have thrown it or he should have thrown it because it's either a completion – 
or it's an incompletion, and then you're punting with a little bit more time on the clock. But All right, you, you got 60, right. 60 seconds. This is important. You need to explain to the people, yes, I blame Brian Dayball because it's just fun at this point, but Tyrod Taylor before the half, explain how that happened, Giants-Bills. All right, so in the uh, headset or the timeout, they tell Tyrod, look, this is a play that we normally call down here, and there's a run check that's a, a part of the play if they're in a certain defensive front. But listen, Tyrod, we don't have enough time to run that play, so do not call the run check. So Tyrod Taylor goes trotting out on the field, and he gets in his little shotgun, and he checks to the run check. And this is what gives coaches aneurysms because (laughs) they told him before he went out there, do not call the run play. You have to throw the ball. Now, back in the day when I played, when the coach wanted me to run a play and not check out of a play – he would, say, he would say in my headset or he would signal on the sideline before we got the headsets that it's a carry play, C-A-R-I, call and run it. There is no mm-hmm. check. There is no audible. You're just going to call the play and run it. And Tyrod got that message because after the game was over, we all saw Brian Dable just absolutely steaming off the field at halftime. And then they asked Brian what had happened. They told Tyrod that look don't call the run check here you got to throw it and Tyrod did take ownership of it so why Tyrod did that is beyond me and uh, quite frankly he should know better because he's been around the league for a long time but maybe this is why he's on like his fifth or sixth team because of moments like this that make no sense not ideal all right listen we're gonna get to the picks plenty more issues to get to as well but let me tell you about casamigos the smoothest tequila on the planet enjoy the family the entire family of casamigos tequilas the reposado the añejo the blanco the cristalino or the mezcal it's casamigos tequila brought to you by those who drink it and casamigos tequila reminds you to please celebrate responsibly okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there 
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right, we are back. All I will tell you is because I'm a supportive man, uh, I, I believe in uplifting teammates. I will just say mistakes were made by Boomer in the picks, and we will leave it alone. I treaded water, and we will get – this is a new week, Boomer. No memory of it. You start anew. Are you prepared? Redemption. Oh, thank God. Please. Come on. Let's it's okay. It. I'm ready I'm to go, and I appreciate you, you Let's picking get to the me picks. up. Yes. Picks of the week. Little acapella this week. All right, here we go. We start out the Browns. Laying three, they travel to the Colts. No Anthony Richardson. It's the Minshew Show. What do you got, Booms? Did not like the way Gardner Minshew played last week. And if it is P.J. Walker for the Browns, then good for them because, you know, I'll tell you, at least they can count on him. Uh, I don't think they can count on Deshaun Watson. He's dealing with that rotator cuff issue in his throwing shoulder. He's not comfortable. So I would think that it's going to be P.J. Walker. I do like the Browns defense. Everybody loves the Browns defense. So I will uh, I will lay the three points, and I will take the Browns on the road. Yeah, I, I think the longer you play your backup, the more exposed they get. Minshew's great in a pinch. He can come in and maybe rescue a game in the third quarter, but week in, week out, I got a real problem trotting him out there and asking him to throw it 40 times. I'm going to go to Browns, lay the three. Bills, laying eight and a half at New England. Boomer, is this – the bottom of the chili pot for the Patriots. Here we go. Yeah, I think the Patriots have got to play well here. I think they're going to keep it within the number. I'm going to take the Patriots. I will uh, take the points with the Patriots. Hey, look, man, I don't know if it can get any uglier uh, than it already has up there in New England. They did play a little bit better against the Raiders. And, look, we saw the Bills. They haven't played great the last two weeks. They don't look all that sharp. I think their defensive secondary is is a question mark. Uh, I you know this should be a low scoring game, so I will take the Patriots and the points. Yeah, this is and people when I say hey, if we reach the bottom of the market, it's just at a certain point teams get undervalued or overvalued. This is a divisional game; it's a divisional road game. You know the Bills, no Tre'Davious White, no Matt Milano. You, you shouldn't be going on the road lane eight and a half, but that's how bad the Pats have been. But I have to do it. I got to take the points. I'll take the Pats. R- I can't believe this is a real football game. Raiders with Michigan State's own Brian Hoyer laying two and a half at the Bears and some guy named Pete Badgett or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, Tyson Bajent. <laughs> Come on, he's got a family now, and I'm sure they're going to listen to this show. So he's from West Virginia, went to Shepherd University, played 53 games in college, Mike. And the last two years he was in college, he threw for almost 10,000 yards and 96 touchdowns. So say whatever you want. He played reasonably well against the Minnesota Vikings when he did come in last week in lieu of uh, the injury that uh, Justin Fields had, except for a really bad underthrown long ball. Uh, he might have led them to victory, believe it or not. And by the way, the last time two quarterbacks who were undrafted free agents squared off together mm. in a game was week 14, 2018, Case Keenum versus Nick Mullins. So oh, that's God. where we are right now with this team. Oof. I guess you you got to believe the Raiders in their defense can win this game. But something tells me that the home dog with the unheralded quarterback, I was a guy by the name of Brock Purdy. I think he played last year for the 49ers. 
for some reason, I want to take the Bears and I want to take Tyson Bajit in the worst way. So I'm going to take the Bears and I'll take the points. I will, in a hypothetical world, take the Bears, but this is one of my vetoes. Uh, if you're wagering on this game, you have an issue. Uh, <laughs> Commanders laying three, traveling to the Giants. God uh, help so us all. It, it looks <laughs> so the Giants lost another uh, lineman in practice this week, Shane Lemieux. Seven of the nine offensive linemen who are on this roster to start the season are hurt. And Seven. Who, and who are they playing, and what is their strength? Oh, the commanders in the D-line. That's exactly right. And it looks like it's probably going to be Tyrod Taylor. And I have to say, other than the mistake that Tyrod made uh, at he was the end okay. of the first half, he actually was pretty good. He didn't look he so was bad. Okay. It looked like he was poised. He wasn't panicking. Um, and I think that the commanders actually have a pretty decent team. Sam Howell is up and down. They got outplayed last week, yet still won. If, this were if the Daniel Giants Jones, had a I'm pass taking, rush, right? If they had a pass yeah. rush, I might be able to go there. I can't, Boomer. By the way, if I this were Daniel Jones, Jones, I would take the Giants, but I'm not taking the Giants because it's not <laughs> Daniel Jones. He owns the Washington Commanders against the spread. You know, Daniel Jones, he's not the only one with neck pain. You know who's got neck pain? Any Giants fan from having to look <laughs> at this mess. Commanders late at three. You got it. Tampa, minus two and a half, hosting the former favorite team of this show, the Atlanta Falcons. And what does Desmond Ritter not do on the road? Play football well. And win. So, <laughs> you know, I, I thought maybe if it were a three-point spread, I would take the Falcons. But since it is exactly. two and a half, I am going to take the home Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield uh, took a lot of credit for losing last week, said he played like hot garbage. I would suspect that he will come back and play well this week. It's a bounce-back spot. Here's the other thing. As much as I love Arthur Smith, and we've talked about it probably ad nauseum, they're not averaging 20 points a game. I've said it for weeks. you got to sit Ritter down. He's killing your team. Last week, they had four shots. Washington begged you to win that game, and Ritter went, no, thank you. Please take this football. You can't. This kid is terrible. Tampa Bay laid a two-and-a-half. Ravens, this is now a full field goal. Hosting the Lions, and this is going to be a field. It's going to be a field goal game too. You know that, right? This could be one of those. I don't know if I agree with you. You All right, go ahead. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Lions. You know, I'm staying. I'm staying with the Lions. I think they're going to get to six and one. And wow, you know, and the reason I and I know they don't have their running game with them, but there's something about Dan Campbell. I think they had something really special going on up there this year. And this is one of those games that's like you said last week. It's a prove it game for the Lions, and I think their defense is up to the task. I think they'll have something special for Lamar Jackson. Tight game, though. Very, very tight and, game. Comes down to a final field goal. And understand, listen, I want the Lions to win. I do radio in Detroit. I'm, I'm happy for these fans, even though I'm a Giants fan. Boomer, I, I think you know this, obviously, better than anybody. You don't just waltz in week over week over week and beat teams by double digits in this league. There just comes a point where the train comes to a full stop. Like, the Lions are still going to be good. This is a scheduled loss. It's going to be golf, outdoors, wind. And I just, if they win this game, I got to say Lions and Super Bowl in the same sentence, and I don't know if my brain's capable. Uh, I'm going to take wait. the Ravens. I can't, I can't wait until next week. I, hey, I want you to be right. Make no <laughs> mistake. But I'm going to take the Ravens and lay the three. All right. All right. Seattle laying seven and a half against Arizona. Teams know each other. They're in the same division. Arizona, you know, plays tough for about a half, keeps the game close. Gannon's doing a pretty good job. I gave him a B uh, in terms of his coaching and keeping this team engaged. There's always going to be a mistake, though, however, on this offense. 
I hate laying the points. This is probably going to be my veto, uh, Brian. So if I had to bet the game, I'm going to bet a bounce back game by Seattle, and I would take them laying a touchdown and a half. A touchdown. I'm and, with you here. Yes. And I think the book is tell they're begging you to take the Cardinals. I you know I had the Rams last week for this reason. Arizona, I think you said it best, Boomer. It's like weird stuff just happens to them in the second half, and it does. And you feel like the downward hill is here. Seattle, come home, get right, bounce back. DK, make them happy. DK was about to kill somebody last week. Um, I'll go Seattle lay the seven and a half. You know, the one thing interesting about the Cardinals uh, quickly yeah. is that you know Kyler Murray is back to practice now. And be interesting. What a blessing! Yeah, you know, it was interesting to see if they play him. <laughs> you know, because this is one of those teams where Josh Dobbs is going to be in the NFL for the next ten years. All right, he's proven that he can play. It's just that he's not a starting quarterback, and that's why weird things happen in games when guys who are backups end up playing a lot, like you said earlier. So it's going to be really interesting to see what the Cardinals do with Kyler Murray because I'm I'm sure they have one eye on this very talented draft class coming out of college. Yeah, and I've got a question for you later on that, actually. So, great segue. Uh, Rams laying three, hosting the Steelers, even though there will be more Steeler fans at SoFi than Ram fans. Yeah, it's amazing. Aren't the Rams? The Rams have been really interesting. Fun team to watch, man. And with Cooper Cup back, uh, I think they are better than any of us thought they were going to be. I don't believe in the Steelers' offense. I just don't. I, I believe in Matthew Stafford over Kenny Pickett. Uh, the question is, is Matthew Stafford going to make it through this game with T.J. Watt hanging all over him? And no Kyron Williams. And no Kyron Williams. a revelation Williams. for them. That's right. I'm going to take the Steelers and the points on the road here. I'm probably going to do the same thing. I don't love it. This is not a game I would personally bet. I, th- I, I think the number's right where it needs to be. Tepid, this is probably my most tepid selection. I'll go Steelers. Um, this is a game if you don't let friends bet this game. Right. Okay. Yeah. Packers laying one at the Broncos. Yeah, I, I'm going to do take not the... allow a friend to bet this game. Right. I don't. This is another veto for me. This is veto number two. I would take the Packers, however, just because there's something amiss in Denver, and it's interpersonal mm. relationships. It's weirdness. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on there. They tend to play one half of football, and it's usually the first half, and then the second half they get run out of the building. Man, you know those fans are very upset out there in Denver. You know that, right? Uh, Boomer, I, I was reading, I nerded out a little bit, but I was reading a Denver newspaper. You know, they had over 4,000 no-shows at their last home game. That's unheard of for Denver. Unheard of. And you could feel the agita in the stadium when you're playing yeah. and you're wearing Big the time. home jersey. Big time. Uh, this is my veto as well. And I would hypothetically go with the Packers, even though that makes me sick, but that's a veto. All right. Chiefs lay in five and a half hosting the Chargers. Well, I know one thing. Five and a half is a lot of points for the Chiefs uh, to be laying. So I'm going to take the Chargers in this game. Uh, you know, I think the Chargers are the more desperate team. Um, I do think that uh, the offense for the Chiefs has not been great. It's really been about their defense, who's played exceptionally well. Uh, I, I can't believe that I'm taking Brandon Staley. I don't think they'll win the game, but I think they'll keep it within the number. So I'm going to take the road Chargers with the number. All right, so there's two notes for me. You hit on one of them. When you're betting the Chiefs now, you are betting a top-five defense. That's not hyperbole. I mean, by DVOA, by the analytics, and and frankly, by just watching the games, you're betting an elite defense. Now, when I looked at this, Boomer, normally I'd go, that number, I got to take the divisional dog, etc. 
I don't know that I can because I think that number's pricing in. Herbert is banged up more than just the hand. He doesn't look right. You know I, I cannot stand Brandon Staley. I think it's some of the most low-rent coaching in the entire league. I'm going to go like reverse of the reverse psychology. <laughs> I'm actually going to go Chiefs here. I, 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 I know that that goes against everything I normally do. Boomer, the Chargers are not right. And, and look, the Chiefs are going to move it. Are they going to continue to be this bad in the red zone? I'm betting no. But you're right. If they have to settle for field goals, that's that's a, a it's a way to get you beat. But b it's a way to surefire make sure you don't cover a game. I got a question for you, real quick. Yeah, I know you take it to Chiefs. Yeah, Bill Belichick and Bob Kraft come to a meeting of the minds and decide to move on from each other. Okay, does Bill Belichick end up in L.A. with Justin Herbert, or does he end up in Chicago with the two first overall picks? <sighs> or You're the not Giants? You're, no, you're not going to like my answer, and I'm not. It's not a cop out. He should end up on Nantucket, enjoying his retirement, because if he goes somewhere else, I just feel like it'll be a disaster. He I, is I know, so close to that overall, you know, I win know. win setting that mark. I think that's what he wants. I would want it if I were him. Could he handle L.A. or would he lose his mind? Uh, I, you know, does anybody really care? I mean, that's the point. He cares. And I'm having saying, uh, and having Justin Herbert as your quarterback, man, you All right, are like, noted. Add water, start winning games. It's why I said Sean Payton shouldn't have taken the Bronco job. He should have waited for this one. Oh well, too bad. Not my problem. Niners laying seven and a half. They go to Minnesota. Niners are all kinds of banged up here, people. They are. So I don't expect. I don't suspect that Christian McCaffrey is going to play, but I do think that Debo Samuel will play. Big question for me would be Trent Brown, their left tackle. Um, their defense, I think, is going to be fine. They should be able to hold down the, the Vikings. It's a lot of points, man. I think it's a bounce-back game for the 49ers. I, I'm going to take the 49ers and lay the points. Mm. This is tough. I'll go Vikings. I don't like this at all, but you have to do the things you don't like. I, 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 I know the Niners will win this game, but I, I can't. I can't when they're all beat up. And you might be down Trent Williams. You might be down C run CMC. I'm going to go Vikings. We have best of the best coming up. We got a lot more to do, but Boomer's got to take care of a, a little business here. Boomer, tell them all about it. So what goes great with football? Casamigos tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it, me and Mike, of course. Make sure you have plenty on hand for the week seven games. So whether it be on Yeho, Blanco, Reposado, Cristalino, or Mezcal, it's Casamigos tequila. Reminds our friends to celebrate responsibly. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. And we are back. Last segment jam-packed. We will get to the game of the week momentarily. We're going to get to Boomer's final word. Before we do any of that, Boomer, I I had to ask you, um, and we've had this, it's funny, we've had this conversation on and off for about a year. Uh, Caleb Williams, obviously, kind of the shoe-in number one pick, USC quarterback. Uh, I'm a Drake May guy at North Carolina, but my, my and we both like Penix. But my question was, are, are we looking at a potential Eli Manning situation where his camp is very outspoken? And you got some reports this week. Look, you've already heard he may stay in school if he doesn't like who's going to take him. Uh, the ridiculous assertion he wants part ownership in a team. Well, I got bad news for you. The NFL told Aaron Rodgers no shot. So we put that to bed. But where are you at with Caleb? I know you've seen him this year. 
Um, is he the surefire number one? And do you think we are seeing a, a a group that will try to manipulate his landing spot? One hundred percent, they'll try to manipulate his landing spot. And I don't, you know, I don't blame him. If you have the leverage, go go do it if you can. I mean, Eli Manning did it. John Elway did it. Uh, a couple of other players have done it in the past. Um, he is a surefire number one player. I don't care what happened to him at Notre Dame. I still saw the same player out there, you know, throwing darts, throwing nice touch passes. He, he didn't seem overwhelmed. He was a little overwhelmed, I think, in the first half, and then he finally calmed down in the second half. You know, he's a very interesting guy. I, I think he's a guy that you could plug right in next year, and you're going to win with him if you have the right people around him. And I think that's what he is trying to make sure is going to happen for him and his and his posse around him, his people around him. But I, you know, we're entering into a whole new world, Mike. This NIL stuff, uh, the amount of money these players are making, you know, Shador Sanders supposedly driving around in a Maybach on the University of Colorado and flashing his watch to opposing fans. I mean, mm. that's the kids that you're dealing with now. And, you know, when you go to these combines and these kids go in there and they give these interviews to these coaches and general managers, the coaches and general managers want to make sure that these players are all about ball. That they're yeah. all about being all in and not worrying about their brand. And unfortunately, uh, now, I think for most of us, while we love watching these kids play, they're more into their brand than anything else. So the one guy on this list that may not be into his brand is Michael Penix because Stug. he is playing great at Washington, and I suspect that he's going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 the only guy, and, and don't quote me, I think he's minus 150 to win it. Everybody else is plus 1,000 or more. Look, he hasn't had a game under 300 yards. Kalen DeBoer runs a lot of NFL concepts at, at UW. And this kid, I, you know, I hate buzzy words like arm talent, but, w- like, when you look at no. just the ability to spin it, to drop back, deliver on time, where it needs to be, when it needs to be there, or some of the anticipatory stuff that we talk about with Tua, throwing guys open, he does it. Now, he's not going to run around. He is not going to be flashy. Good. And, and, Good. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I know. It's just in today, almost like now, Boomer, it's hilarious. As you see people knocking quarterbacks who don't do that. And I'm like, well, great. I'll take that guy. Because, again, it's not like Penix is Drew Bledsoe. He's not a statue. He can, he can be functionally athletic. But... I, I love him, and I, I, I don't know why people keep sleeping on him. Well, I don't know well, what I'm missing. I know one thing. The game is meant to be played from the pocket for all quarterbacks. Yeah. That's the safest place to be, unless, of course, you're a giant quarterback. But that's really the safest oh, place to be. Um, but I, I would say in terms of his accuracy, he spins a spiral almost every single time. You know, I'm left-handed, and I watching him throw, I mean, it's, it's a thing of beauty. It's kind of like Tua. It's kind of like his motion. They both throw beautiful spiral balls, and they're easy to catch because they're so accurate. And that back shoulder throw he throws against Oregon to win the game, oh. that's the way you throw the ball on a back shoulder throw to give your receiver a chance to make a play. And I, I'm telling you, that was that was picture perfect. And I was so happy to see that happen. Um, let's get to the best of the best. A, a game, it might not be great to bet it, but my God, is it going to be great to watch. This week's best of the best. This is this is this in a down week, people. This is a game you carve out time for. Eagles laying two and a half, hosting the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, on Sunday Boomer, night. Let's break amazing. it down a little Woo. bit. 
Oh, man, what a game, Mike. And I'm telling you right now, this is two track teams going after each other. Remember, you got Devontae Smith and you got A.J. Brown on the Eagles. They haven't played great yet offensively. But, you know, of course, Jalen Hurts and Tua know each other from their days in college. Uh, you know, you got Tyree Kill and you got Jalen Waddle. I mean, there's so much competitive desire on both of these teams to put up huge numbers that I think this will be the highest scoring game uh, of the weekend. And here's the thing about the Eagles. The Eagles now, eight of their next, what, 10 games, I guess, are going yeah. to be against teams that have a 500 record or better. And six of those games, as I read off of my stat sheet, are against six teams that are the odds-on favorites to go to the Super Bowl, if you know what I mean, in order. Yeah, So the absolutely. Eagles' schedule is going to really get tough here moving forward. And I also believe that the Dolphins' schedule is going to move uh, into a tougher direction because they have basically beat nobody. I mean, the teams that they've beat have been all terrible teams. So this No, is I be think a good the record, by the way, I think the record, Boomer, I think the teams they have beaten might be 6 or 7 and 23. I yeah. think is the total number there. I mean, they they ran up 70 on the Broncos, and they just tore apart the Carolina Panthers last week. So they played two of the worst teams in the NFL, and they put up these gaudy numbers offensively. I want to see them do it on the road in Philadelphia on a Sunday night where the weather is going to definitely have an impact on them. Yeah, this is one of the big wind games of the week. You're going to have wind 18 to 20 miles an hour, and and I, I understand it's not below freezing, which is where the Dolphins' stats normally lie. This game's going to be in the low 40s. May as well be freezing when you're playing down in Miami. Here's the other part. Like, the only reason I'm not diving all the way in with Philly is I still look at that Philly back seven, including, hey, if Darius Slay doesn't play again this week, the injuries in the secondary, the way Mike McDaniels is scheming it up and you've got kids out there, that terrifies me. But then I tell myself, you're right, booms. It's a bounce-back spot for Philly. They're at home. That crowd's going to be electric, and it's still a finesse, timing, you know, everything's got to be right offense in Philadelphia at night, low 40s, and high wind. I And look, here's the thing, Boomer. Are we getting Lane Johnson? When he's hurt, they're only 10 and 22 lifetime. So I'm going Eagles, but it's it's this is not a game I would bet. But I know we have to make picks. I think it's going to be fabulous. I'm going to go the Eagles here. Yeah, I'll take the Dolphins and I'll take the numbers. But here's the one thing I will say about this, and this is why I caution my pick, is because of Jalen Hurts. He's the difference maker. He's going to be able to run. He'll be able to make that Dolphin pass rush miss, and he will make key third downs, much like Lamar Jackson has been doing this year. So he's the yes. guy that I worry about. But I'm going to I'm gonna stick with the Dolphins just because of the speed factor and just because it's fun that you went one way, I go the other way, and then yeah. we'll have something to talk about come Sunday night. Hey, and much like the Lions, Boomer, I think if the Dolphins go on the road and do this, it elevates their status. I think, I think it's if the Lions go to Baltimore, if the Dolphins go to Philly, they go from being good, very good, to, hey, we need to take these teams seriously as legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Um, I want to go to the final word. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti, presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's knows home improvement. The final word. All right, so the deeper we go into seasons, with the trade market looming, I wanted to ask Boomer a couple of questions here, and it's going to be simple. I'm going to ask you, what team would have lost this week, do you believe, goes fire sale mode? And then what coach with a loss this week goes to the unemployment? So let's start with the teams. Who's the closest to having a fire sale? And I, I know my answer, but I want to hear yours. Yeah, I think I think the Giants and Broncos are two teams, and the Vikings are two or three teams that are right there at the top of that heap of, like, if we lose these games that we're playing this weekend – you know, this is going to put us in a very, very weird spot, and we got to start thinking about next year and acquiring as many assets as we can going into the 2024 draft. Could you get a fourth-round pick for Saquon? I think so, yeah. I think you get, I, maybe even a third-round pick if you get two teams I'll, that are I, fighting I, for I'll each other. You, I'll tell you right now, Giant fans, don't hate me for saying it because I am a Giant fan. The best thing for this franchise, trade them. You know, They're the not other, winning the, anything this year. You're not going <laughs> to sign them long-term. Get the third round pick and move on. There's one. There's one other player that I would love to see get traded to your Lions, and his name is Devonte Adams. Oh my God! Because uh, I, I don't think he is happy in New England. I mean, uh, in uh, uh, Las Vegas, and you know he's chirping, and it's all about him and about his numbers. And I know the Lions probably feel like, man, one more offensive weapon like a Devontae Adams would be unbelievable for that team. Yeah, they're trying to bring Jamison Williams, their first-round pick from last year, trying to bring him along slow. He had the gambling suspension. He did catch a touchdown last week. He also dropped another ball. Um, The team I was going to bring up, though, Boomer, the reports this week, the Patriots haven't even engaged in contract talks with Josh Uche, 11-and-a-half sacks, you know, a guy who are the Patriots if they lose – regardless of Belichick's status, do they begin taking some pieces and rebuilding this thing? I think you got to be smart, and I think you got to do the right thing, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they if they lose to the Bills and they're looking at their schedule and they're looking at the other teams in front of them, uh, that, that they would go down that path. And I would also think, you know, four coaches you got to worry about, Staley, Belichick, and, of course, I, I wonder what, you know, what's going on you know, here in New York with Brian Dable, if something happens with Belichick in New England, if something happens with Belichick in New England, who is going to be in line to go out and get them Bill Belichick? I I still think either the Bears, because I think the Bears are in trouble, and I also think the Chargers are in trouble, those coaching staffs. 
Wow. Okay. You heard it here first. Uh, for me, you know my viewpoint. Brandon Staley's got to go. So I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I hope they win by 30. I've had enough of this guy ruining Justin Herbert's life. And that's my final word. All right, listen. We will be back with you next week. All the games, all the picks, all of the sarcasm. It's all here. So sit tight, relax, enjoy the football. Don't go nuts on the picks. This is not a great week for picks. Be careful. Boomer, tremendous. Go enjoy your weekend. We will be back with you guys next week for another edition of Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. It's Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.